Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. I'm Anon. Will those who care to please join me in the serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Our free recovery groups that we have available are a fellowship of women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other so that we may solve our common problems and help others to recover. SA Lifeline stands for Sexaholics Anonymous Lifeline, or SA Lifeline, or SAL. And we use the SNON Blue Book for our meetings and for our study. The only requirement for membership in SAL is that there be a problem of sexaholism in a relative or friend. SAL is not associated with any religious denomination or political organization or institution, and we do not wish to engage in any controversy. Our primary purpose is to recover from the effects upon us of another person's sexaholism and to help family and friends of sexaholics. If you're wondering if something like SAL will work for you, here's a checklist to consider. This is from the SNON Blue Book. Have you often felt hurt, ashamed, or embarrassed by someone else's sexual conduct? Are you afraid to upset the sexaholic for fear that he will leave you? Have you sometimes found yourself searching for clues about someone's sexual behavior? Have you ever fantasized, obsessed, or worried about someone else's sexual problems? Have you ever made threats to others or promises to yourself, like, if this happens again, I'll leave, that you didn't carry out? Have you ever tried to control somebody else's sexual thoughts or behavior by doing things like throwing away pornography, dressing suggestively, or being sexual with them in order to keep them from being sexual with others? Has your involvement with another person or their sexual behavior ever affected your relationship with your children, your co-workers, or other friends and family members? Have you often lied to others or made excuses to yourself about another person's sexual conduct? Have you had money problems because of someone else's sexual behavior? Have you engaged in sexual behavior that makes you feel uncomfortable or ashamed or is physically dangerous? Fearing that if you don't, the sexaholic will leave you? Have you ever felt confused and unable to separate what is true from what is not true when talking to the sexaholic? Have you ever thought about or attempted suicide because of someone else's sexual behavior? Have you often used sex to have peace in the family or to smooth over problems? Does sex, for example, thinking about it, doing it, talking about it, or worrying about it, play an all-consuming role in your relationship? Have you ever felt abandoned emotionally because of your partner's use of pornography or masturbation? Have you ever helped someone get out of jail or other legal trouble as a result of his or her sexual behavior or feared that this kind of thing could happen? Have you often thought that the sexaholic's behavior was caused by other people, such as friends or sexual partners, by society in general, by his or her job, religion, or birth family? Have you ever suspected that someone was inappropriately sexually interested in any of your children? Do you feel alone in your problem? 
If you can answer yes to even some of these questions, you may find help in SAL. For me, I replace sexual problems with anger because my ex-husband is abusive as well as having a pornography problem and a masturbation addiction. So when I did the list for anger, then I found that I could answer yes to most of these questions. Uh, I didn't necessarily answer yes to the questions for sexual behaviors. I was not checking up on my husband very often. I kind of just rephrased these a little bit to include anger. Have I often felt hurt, ashamed, or embarrassed by someone else's anger? Or am I afraid to upset my husband for fear that he would leave me? For me, the answer was yes. Have I sometimes found myself searching for clues about why someone is angry? Have I ever made threats? Yeah. When the abuse episodes would happen, I would be like, I cannot take this anymore. I cannot take this. I won't stand for this. I'd make threats, but I wouldn't ever follow through with them. Have I ever tried to control someone else's anger? Yes. Have I often lied to others or made excuses to myself about another person's anger? Yes, I have. Have I felt confused or unable to separate what is true and what is not true when talking with someone who is angry? Yes. My husband was abusive and I did use sex sometimes to smooth over problems or to have peace in my family. I didn't feel emotionally connected during sex. So there was a time where I set a boundary. I told my husband that I was not going to initiate sex anymore, which I was generally the one who did that, and that he was free to initiate and I would respond if I felt emotionally safe. He only tried to initiate twice during like a six-month period, and both times it seemed completely inappropriate because I didn't feel emotionally connected to him at the time. So that, that question, have you ever used sex to smooth over your husband's anger, definitely hit home for me in terms of both the sex addiction and the abuse. Have you ever felt abandoned emotionally because of your husband's anger? Yes. Have you often thought that your angry husband's behavior was caused by other people, such as friends, his family, your family, your house, his job, religion, other things? The answer to that for me was yes. The Essanon Blue Book is a book that shares the collective experience of women who have been betrayed by sex addicts. It offers hope for recovery to people whose lives have been or are being affected by sexaholism of a spouse, parent, child, or other relative, or even a friend or acquaintance. So I'm going to be sometimes reading from the Essanon Blue Book from the introduction, and I have received permission from them to do this. The Essanon checklist was from page XV, and the introduction XV11 through XX. It's just the beginning. So some of these paragraphs are from that section of the blue book. Again, I am reading this with their permission. Using the principles of the 12 steps works for either dealing with abuse or the pornography addiction. From the blue book, it says, We have found that by applying the spiritual principles of the 12 steps to our lives, we are able to be happy and productive whether or not the sexaholic chooses recovery. Or for me, whether or not the abuser chooses recovery. The joy we have found in our new way of life makes us want to share the experiences that have made our recovery possible. While the various tools of the program and the fellowship itself support our recovery, we have found that a study of these steps from the Essanon perspective, while aiming to incorporate the principles into our lives, is essential for recovering from the destructive effects of sexaholism. The Essanon Blue Book includes the personal stories and suggestions based on the experience of other women in trauma and how they put the principles of the 12 steps into practice. 
With each step, there is a description in general terms of the devastating impact of the disease of sexaholism and the impact it had on women's lives, and it recounts the events and realizations that led to a new way of approaching the problem and the solution. Stories are included for each step. Most of us have found it very helpful to become aware of how others in Essanon applied the principles of the steps to their lives, and these stories are intended to be a sampling of Essanon experience. And these examples are by no means exhaustive. And that is why I started this podcast, so that you can hear real-time stories of SAL members who are working the steps with a sponsor. Having found that we all have some inner resistance to letting go of unproductive attitudes and behaviors, Essanon included a section called Practicing These Principles. And these sections briefly describe some of the ways that Essanon members have come face-to-face with resistance to change and offer ideas that have helped many, many women work through their own impediments to recovery. SNN also presents some questions suitable for individual writing, discussion with a program sponsor or friend, and discussion with the group itself. Again, the examples in the SNN Blue Book are only examples of some issues that have been addressed in the course of recovery and not intended to be a complete list of all the possible issues or emotions that may arise when an individual member approaches a particular step. What you will not find in the Essanon Blue Book is anything based on a specific religious discipline, although the 12 steps are spiritually oriented. The designation God does not refer to a particular being, concept, or force, but only to God as each of us understands that term. For example, I am a Christian and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and this podcast is not intended for me to push that. I only say that because I'll often be sharing my own experiences from my own point of view, not because I want you to become a member of my church. And you'll hear other women who are also sharing their personal point of view and their feeling about God or their higher power. If the sexaholic behaviors mentioned in the Blue Book seem in any way vague or nonspecific, Essanon wants to reassure you that they are not avoiding reality of any individual experience. No matter what manifestation of sexaholism you may have encountered in a relative or friend, be it compulsive use of pornography or masturbation, fantasy, sexual violence, affairs with women or men, sex with children inside or outside of the family, sex with animals, prostitutes, other strangers, telephone sex, other use of electronic media, or withholding sex— It could be any of those things. We assure you that you are not alone. Talking with other recovery group members, you will find others who have lived with these same types of sexaholic behavior and have experienced similar feelings or reactions to sexaholism. So even if you feel unique in your own online or in-person SAL meeting, you can be certain that someone in the SAL fellowship has experienced and felt similar painful feelings. In SAL, we consider sexaholic behaviors to be symptoms of a disease, unacceptable actions taken by sick people who are powerless over lust. I'm still reading a little bit from the Essanon Blue Book. If you go to my website, btr.org backslash stories, you can find this article and find which sections are quoted directly from the book. They are in quotes. Through working the SAL program, many of us have overcome powerful feelings or shame or guilt that arose out of being so closely connected to this shameful disease. 
We have come to understand and accept that we are not responsible for the actions of others and that those burdens of shame and guilt are not rightfully ours to carry. Our solution depends on keeping focused on our own personal path of recovery and allowing the sexaholic to do the same. One thing to consider here, and it's very important, and I say this as a victim of abuse myself, is that everyone has the right to be safe from harm no matter what the circumstance is. Sexual contact with others can expose the sexaholic to diseases that are incurable and even fatal. In some cases, these diseases can be passed on to the sexaholic's wife and even to children through pregnancy. Sometimes wives of sexaholics are coerced into participating in unwanted sexual activities, and such activities may even be a part of a pattern of domestic violence that includes physical abuse. Members of Essanon who find themselves in a sexual situation or a life-threatening situation that feel unsafe report that it's sometimes necessary to make tough choices to protect themselves and their children. The experiences of those who face these situations and are at risk for sexually transmitted diseases and or violence suggest that those in similar circumstances consider taking some or all of the following actions. Ask a doctor for tests for sexually transmitted diseases and follow the doctor's advice on self-protection in the future. Remember that a negative test does not prevent a person from contracting a sexually transmitted disease from sexual contact after the test is done. Limit or abstain from sexual contact with the sexaholic for as long as necessary to maintain personal safety and recovery. I would also add emotional safety, that you limit or abstain sexual contact with the sexaholic until you feel emotionally safe. Arrange with a friend, relative, or neighbor for a safe haven to go to on short notice. Obtain a phone number of an agency that can provide immediate assistance and a safe place to go to. Leave money and an extra set of car keys in a place where they are readily available and, if necessary, call the police for protection. In my case, when I was physically attacked, I went to the Instacare. I told the doctor the truth about what had happened, and the doctor called the police. And the police immediately went to my home and arrested my ex-husband. The Essanon Blue Book continues, Many members, even those who have been active in other 12-step programs, have found that placing the focus on themselves can sometimes lead to a crisis in relationships or the surfacing of some painful personal issues. While we believe that Essanon is invaluable and consistently helpful over time, many in our fellowship have also sought the assistance of professional helpers like therapists, clergy, and doctors to help handle crisis situations or deal in depth with personal issues. Essanon does not claim to be all things to all people, and we are grateful for the specialized help from others. The Essanon program offers a way of living based on the 12 steps that is applicable in all life situations, as well as the support of people who know firsthand what the newcomer is going through, because we have been there too. This is the healing power of Essanon. You are not alone. Recovery is possible, and we invite you to join our common cause. So just to recap... SAL stands for Sexaholics Anonymous Lifeline, or SA Lifeline. Our meetings are for women only. We do not have men in our meetings because many of us have been abused by men or have been betrayed by men. So having men in our meetings is very uncomfortable. SAL meetings start and end with prayer from the heart, and our meetings are interfaith. I have been reading excerpts from the introduction to the Essanon Blue Book, pages XV through XX, and I hope that this helps you in your journey of discovering where you are and if this program would work for you. As I'm working the steps, I'm working the program, I'm grateful for your friendship and fellowship and being supportive while I'm on this journey. 
And if you want to purchase a copy of the SNN Blue Book, you can find it on our supply page at btr.org backslash supplies. When you attend SAL, you will also be able to find a free sponsor to guide you as you work the steps. And in addition to finding a free sponsor, we encourage you to receive therapy or coaching from an APSATS certified therapist or coach. That stands for the Association of Partners of Sex Addicts Trauma Specialists. And it is a certification specifically for helping wives of sex addicts. So go to btr.org backslash coaching to schedule an online appointment with an APSATS coach anywhere in the world. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. Keep coming back. It works when I work it and I am worth it.